Our New Testament reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come. As Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John, in the boat with their father, Zebedee mending their nets, and he called to them. Immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Let us pray. O God, we seek your wisdom and truth in the scriptures. Send your Holy Spirit upon us to open our minds and hearts to receive the gift of your word. Challenge and comfort us in what we hear and strengthen us to follow Jesus, your living word. Amen. So I think I'm, I'm on pretty solid theological ground that when I say when Jesus goes out for a walk, things happen. So Jesus, a stranger in a strange land, has taken a walk along the shore of the local fishing spot. Could have easily been Shim Creek in the day. Peter and Andrew are going about their business, probably oblivious to this stranger on the shore. But I think we can confidently guess that Jesus is no casual observer of these hardworking folks. This is not some random selection process. Jesus has probably very purposefully gone to this particular place at this particular time looking at these particular people. So what does Jesus tell Peter and Andrew they are going to be doing? They're obviously fishermen. So Jesus catches them displaying their craft, doing what they have done probably since they were little boys. And he brings them into a conversation by turning what he has in mind for them uh, to something they can understand. Fishing for people. Now, I want to pause just briefly on that. Um, the original Greek there in, uh, in Matthew that Matthew attributes to Jesus uh, for, for generations was translated uh, fishers of men. Uh, the actual Greek word there is anthropos, which means in Greek, in a Greek lexicon, it means a being that is not a plant or an animal. So it was King James in 1611 when he uh, brought the English Bible together that that word was actually translated to men. Um, 
and that's the way many of us learned it. So it's actually modern language study and not some woke pastor uh, that has brought that word uh, to us. I always, I always get a kick when people call me woke because my kids would probably die laughing if, if, uh, if they ever thought people thought that of me. But, um, and if you want to argue that out with me at some point, you know, call me up and make, me appoint, make an appointment and bring your Greek Bible and we'll sit in my office and we'll read it together. Um, so, uh, but, but let's get back to fishing. Uh, Jesus invited these four people, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, to follow him, to turn away from their families, their livelihood, their identity, and just follow. And scripture says that they did that. Uh, They did immediately. And again, back to the original Greek, the word there is eutheos, which means at that moment, exactly at that moment, immediately. Uh, No thinking about it. No discussion amongst themselves about what they should do. No family meeting is called. These newly formed disciples dropped what they were doing and who they were, and it changed their lives forever. It changed our lives as well. Now for us Western culture, kind of highly mobile folks, that may not sound too strange. I mean, many times we move around Uh, We go off to college or to school or a job somewhere to serve in the military. We accept positions uh, in our careers in far off states. We get transferred around the country and around the globe. Sometimes we decide to move closer to family. Uh, We move and change locations and change careers all the time. It's really not that big a deal. But for a first century Jew... Uh, that way of thinking was really not the norm. Who they were, how they identified themselves was all wrapped around their location, their ancestral land, their family, and the family business. And here the family business is fishing. The inclination to drop all that, and I mean literally drop it, uh, what they were doing, and follow this stranger was just not something that was done. So yet, Scripture tells us that that's exactly what happened. So what's the explanation? How can we apply our Western culture logic and understand that? Well, we can't. And maybe that's why mostly we can, mostly from time to time when we talk about the subject, about the call or ministry, we maybe change the subject. Now, we can talk about how beautifully the choir sounded and how much we love our Sunday school class, how many youth are signed up for Montreat this summer, but an encounter with Jesus, a life turned in a different direction because of the power of the call, well, let's just leave that to the history books and the clergy. It's much safer that way. If you think about it, nothing about Jesus is logical. He doesn't fit into a tidy, neat box that we can pack up and put away and put a little sticker on the front that says, break open in case of emergency. We want to forget that the King of Kings was born in a backwater town that no one had ever heard of, in a barn of all places. The wonderful counselor was argued with and challenged even in his own hometown. In fact, some of his friends begged his family to take him away because, quite frankly, he was making a fool of himself. And the Prince of Peace, 
The Prince of Peace was beaten and left on a cross to die in a very humiliating and painful way. No wonder it doesn't make any sense. Yet, over 2,000 years later, people still seek him. His presence and his call are heard around the world in every language imaginable. So maybe that's the point. We're not supposed to get it, to figure it out with our brain, but to connect, to connect with it through our heart and our spirit, to follow and follow immediately. We easily forget that Jesus is in the miracle business, that mind-bending, time-shifting miracle. His first miracle was to turn something it wasn't into something new. He turned water into wine at the wedding in Cana. These disciples, of course, their lives are changed to follow Jesus, and it's a miracle. A little moment of earth-transforming, time-bending miracles that calls women and men to Christ's service And it still happens today. Now, one of my favorite church cartoons, and I'm sure maybe many of you have seen it, is kind of a stick drawing of a church. You're kind of looking at it sideways, and there's the steeple there, and you can kind of see the pews. And then there's a group of people all pushed up against the back door with their hands on it. And on the outside of the church is Jesus, obviously in his robe and his crown, with his hand kind of leaning on the door. And the caption reads, Don't let him in. He'll change everything. So maybe that's what we do when Jesus places a call on our heart. We find other things to fill up our lives and block that door and make sure that he never enters in. Now let me clarify, I'm not talking about a call to being a pastor. Uh, Being called by Christ into a particular ministry is not reserved just for clergy. Not everyone can be called to be a pastor. Not everyone has that gift, but everyone is called by Christ to be a part of Christ's ministry in the world. Everyone. Just as the disciples were called to participate in the ministry and miracles that Jesus performed, each and every one of you has a call as well. A call to follow Christ. Not to just follow him to church on Sunday morning, but a call to be transformed by his presence in your life, to be a servant and not to wait for someone to serve you. My friends, hear the good news. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, still wanders around the earth looking for disciples, people that will drop what they're doing and immediately follow him. Now, I wonder how we might handle the sudden arrival of Jesus at our home or in our workplaces. Now, many of us would probably switch to that kind of money management mode, uh, pointing out that we had responsibilities to our families and to our employer and to lots of other people. If only Jesus could just wait a couple of years, I could probably work it out somehow. We might question our own gifts and talents. Surely Jesus can find a better disciple than me. I'm not good in front of people. I kind of prefer to do my own thing study the Bible and the safety of my own home, and maybe, maybe in a small group of people that I know very well that won't challenge me or make me think about things that I don't like to think about. 
You know, I do better with people that are just like me, that watch the same TV channels that I watch. I'm not going out there. It's scary out there. Yet here Jesus stands, the Lamb of God in each and every one of our thresholds, beckoning us to follow Him wherever He might lead us. Jesus also stands at the threshold of our church, beckoning beckoning us as this particular body of Christ, Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church, to minister to the world. And you know, we struggle with that just as much as we struggle with our individual cause. Especially here at Mount Pleasant Presbyterian, by all measures, we've had a rough couple of years. We spent a lot of time inwardly focused due to some external forces. We faced a worldwide pandemic pandemic and had to worship away from each other for a long period of time. And of course, that created uh, some financial woes. We've seen significant turnover in our staff. 20 staff members have left for one reason or another in the four years that I've been here. And that was a trend that was put in motion long before I came. It's not my fault, so that's fine. (laughs) It's no wonder that I often get a question from many of you that generally goes something like this. Are we going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? I was asked that very question just a couple weeks ago as I stood out there on the porch of the church greeting you as you walked out. Someone came up to me and said, are we going to be okay? And my resolute answer was yes. Absolutely, we are going to be okay. I could not stand at this pulpit and look you in the eye if I didn't believe that with every fiber of my body. We are going to be okay. We are not only going to be okay, we are going to be great. Because God is in control. God has a dream for this church that is beyond anything that any of us can imagine. Now, we may get in the middle of it and muck it up every now and then, but that dream is still there. That dream has been here for over 170 years at this little corner of Mount Pleasant. Yes, we will be okay because in the midst of life, with all of its up and down, God sends Jesus Christ to call people to him. Thankfully, God works with broken vessels. Jesus Christ is not looking for the perfect people or the perfect church. He's looking for people who will follow him and follow immediately without discussion or concern. People who will follow him to places that are a bit uncomfortable. And yes, might cost us some material and earthly things that we hold too tightly. Because when we answer the call, that means that we trust in Christ. We trust the process We trust the God who made us and called us good. We are confident that Jesus calls us to use us in ways that will be helpful to bring other people closer to God. The body of Christ is so much more than the sum of all of our parts. Our mission to the world is much more than just pooling our resources. It's dreaming that dream. Dreaming the dream that God has, which is bigger and grander than anything we can conceive. When Christ is at work in and through the church, there is a multiplying effect. 
where four disciples were called, they become 12 and then 100 and then 1,000 and then tens of thousands and then millions of people become followers of Christ. For over 2,000 years, we have professed that Jesus is Lord. Following Christ can take, to us, take us to a place where five loaves of bread and two measly fish will feed 5,000 people and there'll be leftovers. And churches around the world will continue to feed the needy and the lost. Here at Mount Pleasant Presbyterian, an idea to help a particular community of folks who needed shelter while, loving, while a loved one was in the hospital became the Hope House. And it has served over 1,800 people in the last 12 years. Where one faith is multiplied by 12 disciples according to the book of Acts, a fire is lit. And that fire still burns around the world today, proclaiming Jesus as Lord. Where one congregation placed here in the old village can reach out and make a difference to its community and around the world. Many of the outreach organizations in Mount Pleasant, East Cooper Community Outreach and East Cooper Habitat, just to name two, uh, were started with the help of members of this church. And members of this church still volunteer there. And many of our members are very active in both those ministries and many other ministries in Charleston County and around the world. Where one Christian life can impact a generation. My grandparents took me to church. Maybe it was your parents and grandparents that brought you to church and introduced you to Christ. It just takes the invitation. But where will all that strength and fortitude come from? It will come from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who dwells in the most unlikely and unexpected place inside you and me. That is the dwelling place of Jesus Christ. Imagine that. Trust in that. To believe that what we have in Jesus Christ is sufficient for what is to come our way. So as long as we turn to the one who heals and saves first and believe that Christ is able to do these things through us so long as we remember where to look for the true bread of life, that is sufficient for our needs. And we will most certainly be more than okay. For Christ is searching for you at this very moment. He is searching for all of us as a congregation to follow him wherever he may go. When our focus is on following Christ, we will be okay because our trust is in the one that makes all things new. All things that have been broken are mended. All sins are forgiven. And all situa situations are restored to wholeness and blessing. That's the good news. That is the life God calls us to. But we must respond immediately when Jesus is waiting for us and drop our nets and follow. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.